Caring for your pets in the world today takes everything you got. Spending an hour with the experts sure could help a lot. Welcome to the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show Podcast, a program all about caring for your animal companions. Now, here's our hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. This is a story of famous dog. For the dog that chases its tail, we'll be busy. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-host, the pet expert himself, Mr. Rick Pruce. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Time to yawn, stretch a little bit, get the morning going. Uh, oh, come out, Rick, with the honors that you are receiving for your business <laughs> in the newspapers today. I just would think you would be in a great mood. <laughs> All right, Lee. <laughs> I'm a little stone-faced about it. But. <laughs> For those of you who don't understand, uh, the Lansing City Pulse has named Rick's Pet Store as the number one place for marijuana users to go when using. And I don't know if that's such an honor, Rick, but uh, bottom line is it's in, it's in print, so there's nothing that <laughs> Can can't get around it. it. Yeah, yeah. No, um, you know, I respect and appreciation, you know, whoever comes in. And if there's a strong sense of respect and appreciation, I have no problem with that. You know, um, I typically have more of an issue when somebody comes in um, uh, particularly drunk. Yeah. Um, that, that tends to be the uh, attendance that definitely kind of riles the back of my neck. Uh, those that are stoned typically are <laughs> both harmless and sometimes enjoying the place more than I can. Well, provided that you're not driving with them <laughs> in the parking lot, I would agree with that one. Yeah, yeah and I think that's uh, the one thing the article pointed out is, uh, you know, get there safely. So well, maybe you need a... You need somebody to drive you there. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. It was uh, definitely a not what I expected <laughs> in the newspaper. But, Rick, in the meantime, uh, I wanted to cover today's topic that we're going to be talking about. And, frankly, you are the one who gave me the idea for this week's show because, for those of you who don't remember, a few weeks back, Janice Milligan was sitting in here with me doing a show because Rick was on vacation. And you were on Mackinac Island. And, Rick, I know you saw bikes. I know you saw horses. But what else did you see when you were on Mackinac Island? So um, a tremendous amount of pets. Uh, specifically dogs, uh, the entire island, didn't matter where you went. Uh, I was just sitting there on a bench uh, on the main thoroughfare, and uh, out of uh, 15 people that went by, there were five dogs. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, it got me to think, you know, how does this happen, and is it a coordinated event? That is, when you're thinking of plan, you know, um, Anxiety probably runs a little high when you're thinking about doing it with your pet just because there's a lot of places that would generally be not pet friendly. Right. And evidently, there must be some marketing arm of Mackinac Island or at least some collective effort that makes it particularly um, okay 
in many cases to bring your dog. Well, that's what we're going to talk about this week is vacationing and your pets. And uh, for those of you who want to bring them with you, we'll talk a little bit about that with Dave Lorenz, who is the vice president of Travel Michigan, and he is the host of the Travel Michigan radio show. So he should be a great guest. And we'll also talk with our own Rick Pruce about a variety since you said so many different categories of animals. What do you do with each of those different groups when you're on vacation? Do you take them with you? Do you leave them home? If so, how do you do it? What what products or things are available to help you take care of them? Because Lord knows, after being closed in for a year, people need to get out and travel. (laughs) But you got to take good care of your pets. I tell you that every week. So that's going to be the combination of what we're going to talk about this week on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. At Doggy Daycare and Spa, we love dogs. We love hanging out with dogs, grooming dogs, and kissing dogs goodnight. 20 years ago, we introduced Mid-Michigan to Doggy Daycare. We've built two custom facilities and provided countless clients and their dogs with the very best in cageless daycare, boarding, and grooming services. Stop in for a tour at either one of our convenient locations in Delta Township on Mount Hope Highway or on the corner of Grand River and Cornell and Okemos. Give us a call at 333-WOOF. That's 333-9663 and let us love your dog. Doggy Daycare and Spa, where the hip hounds hang out. At Liberty Coins in Frandor, happy customer stories happen almost every day. In June, a woman came in to purchase some silver. She said she had inherited a gallon-sized bag of jewelry from her mother several years ago. It was lying in a drawer at home because she thought they were all costume pieces. The employee suggested she bring in the bag to get it checked out, which she did the next day. The customer guessed she might receive $500. Instead, she was stunned when Liberty paid her more than $17,000. What hidden treasures might you have? Pick up a free copy of our Cash in Your Treasures brochure in our store or view it online at libertycoinservice.com. For 50 years, Liberty Coins and Frandor has been the right place to go. I'm Tom Colson reminding you to put cash in your pocket today. We're Liberty Coins. We're right on the money. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. We're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And, Rick, we have with us on the line a first-time guest. It's Dave Lorenz, who is the vice president of Travel Michigan. And more to my interest, he's also the host of the Travel Michigan radio show on various stations throughout the state of Michigan. Welcome to the show, Dave. Oh, it's really great to be with you guys, and especially to talk about something that I think is a really important subject, and that is pet travel. You know, people who are pet owners, we all know that uh, those dogs and and cats, I'm a dog guy, but all those pets, they're part of our family. And so when we travel, you know, often we want to, you know, bring our family with us, and we should be able to travel with our pets. And very thankful to say that uh, Michigan's really, you know, wakening up to the the whole pet travel uh, craze, and we're doing all we can to be more welcoming even to our four-legged friends out there. So you say we're waking up. Uh, give us a little historical, little, you know, at, at your seat uh, where you're actually 
helping to form how we look at travel. Um, how has this come to be, and how what what part have you played in this whole process? Well, you know, I, I think that you know the travel industry in general has always been, you know, just by our nature, has always been wanting to find more and better ways to be hospitable. I mean, this is the hospitality industry. And, you know, typically uh, the travel industry has always thought about those people who come to our, our doors and how to be the most um, gracious hosts for them when they come. And, you know, hotels, restaurants, attractions, outdoor spaces and indoor spaces. And so that's always been where our focus is. But in recent years, the entire travel industry, and I would say especially here in Michigan, has been making an effort to kind of be more imaginary and innovative on ways to be welcoming to all. Uh, especially, I think it started most likely uh, because of uh, the desire to, to be more welcoming uh, and available to uh, persons with disabilities. And of course, a lot of them have, uh, they're not pets, they are, uh, they're you know, animal aids in various ways. So the industry had to make a bunch of adjustments uh, to their protocols to allow for, um, you know, these types of uh, dogs normally to um, to be part of that travel experience. And that kind of, you know, stretched out to the concept of pet travel as being an important new um, venue for us to expand the industry so that we can invite even more people to our doors. So there's a, you know, a, a business part of it, but there's also a, a, you know, it's just the right thing to do, trying to find ways to be more hospitable to the entire family. So um, I, uh, Lee talked about it ahead of time uh, before you you uh, got on the radio, uh, but we talked about Mackinac Island because I was there not too yeah. long ago. And I was just absolutely floored at the uh, the amount of dogs that were on the island. And I don't think I remember being that dog-friendly, let's say, 10 years ago. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe you could give us a really keen-eyes view of that right now. Well, in fact, I am uniquely positioned to do that. As I sit in my room at Grand Hotel at uh, Mackinac Island right now, uh, we just finished a big uh, national media shoot, and um, so I'm, I'm preparing to, to head back home. But, um, you know, this place is special for so many reasons to people, and I kind of look at it as the epicenter of the travel industry in Michigan. And even though it's, you know, quote-unquote, only open for business half of the year, it's so important to us in every way as an example of what the travel industry should do. And it does such a great job with hospitality. Uh, but for many years, and part of it is because they are on an island, a kind of a pretty small little area, a lot of years there, were, there really weren't um, kind of encouraging people to bring pets for kind of some of the obvious reasons. It's, it is more difficult for hoteliers and others to care for them, especially when they might have an accident and such. But even outside Small spaces like an island don't necessarily want to bring in a million dogs a year because of the obvious potential waste challenges out there. And there are some irresponsible pet owners that um, you know don't pay attention to these things, and that makes it bad for all of us. So um, I think for a long time, they really didn't kind of reach out. Well, now there are three um, accommodations um, uh, hotels that will accept pets on Mackinac Island even. 
And so as, as Mackinac Island becomes more and more welcoming, uh, you're going to see the rest of the tribal industry in Michigan um, do that as well. And so I am happy to see that all around the state, that more and more hotels are making adjustments. In fact, some are, are really, really making it obvious that they know pets are part of the family. I was just recently at the new Canopy Hotel in downtown Grand Rapids uh, over by uh, Founders Beer, for everybody who knows that warehouse district, Grand Rapids. Uh, the, by the new cinema complex, and I was so impressed that when you walk into the Canopy Hotel, you're going to find this huge display uh, right there that, you know, you know that's a pet-friendly hotel, and then they have dog treats, they have extra water bowls, they have everything there to take, take care of uh, your uh, pet's immediate needs upon arrival, and then to make sure that that their stay is enjoyable for them as well throughout the time. Uh, so I think that was just such a great example of where I think the travel ind- industry is going. And it's going to take some time because some of it is, you know, health issues. Some of it is, uh, you know, regarding liability issues and such and uh, cleanliness issues and, and whatever. But you're seeing more and more of the industry find ways to accommodate uh, pet owners and pets. Now, Dave, when it comes to accommodating them, that that's great. But there are certain things that we as pet owners have to do if we plan on traveling with our pet. What are some of the suggestions that you have for people to just make certain that because you don't know what you're in for when you arrive from place to place, how should people prepare to travel with their pet? Yeah, you know, and it's kind of all the the basic uh, rules of the road when you're on in your own community. Um, but you know, we we want really want to make sure that people pay attention to things like, you know, as you're um, traveling with pets, the the basics. And, and since we haven't been traveling for a while, it might be easy to forget the basic things of needs of the pet. Uh, themselves. You know, for instance, we all have all of our snacks and our water and whatever. Make sure you have uh, plenty of water, access to it. You make, you know, all the mandatory stops along the way. And as you do make those stops, wherever you go, it's kind of like when you head out to nature, you know, uh, only take pictures and leave only memories. Uh, Make sure to take out whatever is left uh, when you're out there on the trails and such. Uh, that's so important because for us to get, gain the acceptance of the general community, we need to be responsible in those ways as well. But if you're going to a place like a beach and you're going to be planning to be on a beach, make sure that that beach is pet friendly. We have many of them around the state. And if you go to Michigan.org and you type in pet uh, travel or pet friendly travel in the uh, search, you're going to find a whole section uh, that has to do with our four-legged friends, and they're going to give you kind of those little reminders before you hit the the trails or the beach or whatever. So, for instance, if you are going to a beach, number one, make sure it's beach-friendly. Number two, that you're taking care of those other things. But also don't forget, you know, we're always reminded to put on all those suntan lotions and those bug sprays and whatever they might be. Uh, Similar to your animals, you know, we have, you know, challenges with uh, some pests that are no fun, uh, like ticks are very uh, common in some areas of Michigan right now and, of course, all around the Midwest. So be be prepared to do a thorough search after you're at that beach or going through that trail or whatever. Make sure 
some little nasty critter hasn't attached themselves to your pet. But even if you are on the beach, make sure you have plenty of shade, things like this, and, and food for the appropriate times. Uh, I know my dog doesn't like to go off her schedule. She is she is more concentrated on that clock than I could ever be. She knows when it's time to eat, when it's time for her pills, <laughs> all that stuff. So, you know, make sure you bring all those things as well, especially if you're like, you know, my dog and you're, you uh, you have a, a, a regimen of medicine that she has to take or whatever. Don't forget about that. Too often people do. Right. Now, one question I've got for you, Dave, is to do with leash laws, because one yep. of the problems of taking your dog to the beach is they like to jump in the water, and yep. then having them on a leash becomes a little bit difficult. How, how do people deal with that? Yeah, you know, like in my uh, my local um, uh, beach that we go to, um, it's Cruzy Park over by Pier Marquette Park in Muskegon. It's just the next little park uh, south of the beautiful Pier Marquette. They have a big, beautiful, uh, dog-friendly beach there. And we always keep uh, the pets uh, on a leash. And then when they are going in the water, you know, for me, I always keep ours on a leash just because we have to. She's a wanderer. But um, I have seen other people who have very well-maintained dogs, you know, without the leash. Technically, you're supposed to have them. Can't give you any advice on that, although I know that many people um, have uh, animals that, that will, will follow their direction and stay right within them when they're going for balls and whatever. But, uh, you know, you are supposed to have a leash. It's a challenge, I know, for many. should mention that many of our Michigan state parks are dog-friendly, pet-friendly. I keep on saying dogs because that's just the way I think, but I know for obviously others as well. So, um, you know, look through that listing if you're thinking about uh, bringing your pets along. And, and you know, if you do have, uh, for instance, a dog that's a bit yippity and likes to uh, bark at every little thing or every other animal, you really might want to consider leaving them home. You don't want that hassle. They don't want the uh, the inconvenience, and, you know, they get pretty upset some of them so that's that's another thing that should be mentioned right off is that you know travel isn't for everybody right yeah there's no question about that it just depends on you knowing your dog we're speaking Mm -hmm. this morning with dave lorenz who is the vice president of travel michigan and dave when it comes to taking your pets with you how many days can you really travel with a pet? I'm just I'm thinking to myself, if you're going for a few days, it, it might not be that difficult. But is there a limit to if it's going to be a week, maybe you do need to put them uh, somewhere where they, they can be cared for more directly? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I, and I've always thought that that really depends upon the family and uh, their their pets. Um, because some animals just, they're just great travelers. And uh, especially if it's uh, like a comfort uh, aid, they are uh, prepared and often trained to travel all the time. But some, some especially dogs, some dogs just, they, they get so upset and it's a scary thing for them. So I would, you know, really be cautious and not, not force uh, those pets to uh, travel if if you've tried it and they just can't get comfortable with it. So you really have to you know pay attention to that, just like you would any other member of the family. Yeah, and, and accommodate in any way you can. Yeah. So it, that might mean boarding or 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 leaving them with a friend. Yeah, I mean, I I, I was thinking of uh, 
as any family member you you have a young child that's a colicky baby yeah. Um, yeah. you have uh, a six-year-old that uh, you know maybe has uh, some patience issues you know as a parent mm-hmm. you have to you know what what's the whole experience for everybody to enjoy yeah. it you know you're that's not right. forcing the animal along you know you're finding out that it's a welcome companion that you're able to do the things you need to do you the last thing you want to do on vacation is to invite an animal along that's not going to enjoy itself you know find alternatives for that animal yeah yeah and you know the other thing you can do if you do have a fidgety uh, pet then a place like Mackinac Island is just not going to work for them because it's a pretty you know high congestion area downtown but even if you were let's say you were to come to Mackinac you get off the, the dock uh, maybe you, if it's small enough, maybe you you carry, um, you know, in in the container or, um, you know, carry them in arms or whatever you you need to do, and you get away from that downtown setting, because it's a small little downtown where it's really hustle and bustle. But once you get just a couple of blocks away from there, and you go on the interior of the island or you go on the exterior of the island, that eight mile route, you're you're basically by yourself. So that might be an option for you as well to adjust for the conditions or simply go to a place where, you know, you can distance sure. and you can kind of get away. And, you know, a lot of our rustic campgrounds and some of the um, the federal property that's out there as well, that's very rustic. You might be the only one camping out there, for instance. And so that might be an option for you as well. Well, we're talking this morning with Dave Lorenz. And Dave, we need to take a quick break. But when we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the different places that people should look to go and uh, really take advantage of this travel season. And we'll do that right here on 1320. W-I-L-S. If you can't find what your pet needs on planet Earth, have you considered finding a new planet? Of all nearby curios, there is one world where pets reign supreme. A planet where bright blue aquariums stretch as far as the eye can see. Where fresh and saltwater fish of all colors dance before happy customers. A planet where tarantulas and toads dart just out of sight, peeking up from the undergrowth at smiling visitors. A planet where birds from half a world Away, sing day and night, calling out to curious shoppers. A planet where turtles plod along during daily treks to the watering hole. A planet with pet supplies aplenty, enough to care for any kind of pet in any home, with friendly employees to help you find just what you need. A planet made exclusively for your pets. Welcome to Planet Bruce. Don't just get a pet, get a Bruce pet. Sally Babbitt wants to help you plan for your pets. So it's very important that as a pet owner, we take care of two things. Come up with a succession plan for who's going to take those pets and also come up with a way to fund that. Sally Babbitt will work with you to make sure your pets find a loving home in the event of your death or incapacity. Because we all know, for example, I have a a beautiful Great Dane and she's wonderful, but she also has some special health problems. So I understand that to have someone take her in is fine, but that's also a financial burden on them. And so I would need to think about setting aside maybe some money to take care of that animal and going further, how far do we go with our pet's care? when we're gone. Plan for your pet's future with Babbitt Legal. I am on West St. Joe Highway, 6005 West St. Joe. I am just conveniently located a quarter mile from the Big B. 
We're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we've been talking this morning with Dave Lorenz, who is the Vice President of Travel Michigan, which is a part of MEDC, and he's also the host of the Travel Michigan uh, radio show. And Dave, before the break, you were mentioning that there are a number of different campgrounds and places to go. Why don't you, if you wouldn't mind, give us some suggestions that if we are going to go uh, with our pets, the, these might be some good places to take your pet, especially if it can't be too crowded or uh, your pet might not be quite as well trained as maybe it needs to be. Absolutely. Well, most of the uh, Michigan State campgrounds are going to um, invite you to bring your pet along. And I think that's a pretty cool thing. Michigan already has one of the most admired state campground uh, systems in the country. Uh, you talk, you know, to the other states, they all look to Michigan's state uh, hmm. park system as an example of how it should be done. And one of the reasons is that they allow pets as part of your campground experience. So there's a, there's a huge list of state parks that allow you to bring uh, your, your pets. So when you are making your, your DNR uh, state campground uh, reservations. Make sure that you have checked uh, through their uh, various rules of the road for that park and check out what amenities they offer, because I'm sure you're going to find uh, just a, a gazillion of them. But as you travel around, you're going to also want to, you know, not just stay places, but do things. So you should know that, uh, you know, our two national lakeshores, both Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore uh, near Empire and uh, Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore near Munising and Grand Marais, they are pet friendly. People are often a little surprised by that because they're national uh, shorelines and, and they wonder what that means. Well, most of our national parks in Michigan are uh, pet friendly. I do not believe Isle Royal is way up there in Sault or way up there in uh, Lake Superior, almost to Canada. Uh, because it is so remote, I think that's one of the reasons they and, they yeah. you know don't don't encourage you to do that. But look for uh, campgrounds like and state parks like a Warren Dunes State Park, one of the more popular ones in the far uh, southwest section of the Lower Peninsula, right on Lake Michigan. They have like two and a half miles of a beautiful sandy shoreline and all those beautiful dunes and trails uh, to hike through. Uh, a variety of places on the other side of the state, kind of that Sunrise side, Lake Huron side. Uh, Tawa State Park, for instance, in East Tawas is a, a good one to go to. Or if you if you want to really go for an adventure, and I've done this. I took our RV uh, that we had rented way up to McLean State Park along Lake Superior, way up um, and over by Porcupine Mountains, Keweenaw area. And that was spectacular. And, um, you know, just remember, um, you know, if you if you have animals that uh, can be in, can be um, uh, you know quiet at the appropriate times, uh, these are really fun places to go to. 
Interesting. Now, for people who have to leave the animals at home, but they love being around animals, uh, what kinds of sites do we have in Michigan in terms of zoos? And uh, I think of, isn't there a, a bear refuge in the mm-hmm. Upper Peninsula? I mean, what kind of places can you suggest to people who might be traveling in Michigan? And if they can't be with their animal, at least they'd like to see some others. Yeah, there's so many uh, places. And you're right, we do have some of the best uh, zoos for um, uh, anywhere in the country, including, of course, the Detroit Zoo is just spectacular. Uh, and uh, one that I know you'll enjoy if you, um, if you are in either Battle Creek or Grand Rapids or Lansing, they also have tremendous zoos, different types. And I will tell you that Binder Park Zoo in Battle Creek is one of my favorites because they have this, it's like a safari zone where you see these African uh, animals and they're all out on this, this grassy area where you can stand up kind of above them as though you were on a hill and then look at them. And the giraffes will come over because they love being fed by hand by all the kids. So you can get these, you know, lettuce and such to feed them. And, and that's just a blast to see giraffe heads about the, um, the height of a child's head standing up because, of course, they're on the other side of that ledge um, kind of looking over. So that's a cool thing to do. If you're in the UP, you, you're right. Um, Oswald's Bear Ranch near Newberry. Um, I know a lot of folks, uh, PETA is not a friend of Oswald's, for instance. But I, you know, I am very um, concerned about proper treatment of animals. And Oswald's, they're a rescue ranch. They're not a zoo. These animals are wild. And they're in a setting that allows them for movement around and not in cages, for instance. So it's something to, to consider when you're in that area of the UP. And I think it's really special for us to get up, up close to a black bear who have been usually rescued because of a, a mama bear being hit by a car or something like that. So yeah. something to consider. There's a, actually, there's another zoo uh, that I've, I have not visited yet along US-2. That's on the northern part of Lake Michigan, you know, southern UP, northern Lake Michigan, um, along the way. Um, I want to check that one out as well. It's just a little bit west of St. Ignace, but I've heard great things about it. So I'm going to check that out next time I can. We, I know we have uh, a gator uh, kind of rescue place. Yeah. Uh, yep. And, and also a couple of aquariums around the state. That, True. Uh, yeah, yeah. For instance, you know, just like at um, Great Lakes Crossings, is has a, a, a great uh, like aquarium type uh, situation. Sea life, I think it's called. Yeah. And then you're right that that alligator. I don't know if they call it a farm, but it's um, it's an interesting place, um, and not many people know about it. But if you do a search, uh, alligator um, rescue. On Michigan.org, I'm sure you'll find it very unique. And most of those animals have come because people have bought these teeny little baby alligators when they've been down in Florida or whatever. They bring them home as pets. And what are you going to do when they're four feet long? So um, they end up there. Yeah. And the only other thing I I, I would want to mention is that uh, I've noticed when we've traveled a lot, uh, there's a lot more in these um, tourist towns small businesses, medium-sized businesses that specifically cater to 
dog and dogs or dog, dog supplies, dog and cat supplies. Oh yeah. Uh, and yeah. and the the things surrounding that, you know, as you know, the things that you might want to pick up for your animal. Uh, you, could you comment a yeah. little bit about that? Yeah, well, that's the neat thing about how the industry is adjusting to be more pet friendly. Um, little downtowns, like I live in the in Norton Shores between Muskegon and Grand Haven, and and I've noticed in Grand Haven when you walk up and down the street, same thing in Holland or Saugatuck, Douglas, South Haven. You know, all those those little beach towns along Lake Michigan shoreline, and then so many other small towns around Michigan. You're going to see more and more. Um, owners having um, water bowls outside their door. And often there'll be signs saying, come in for a, 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 a pet treat, you know, whatever. They realize that it's not only, you know, the right thing to accommodate for uh, the pets, but it's good business to, yeah. to bring people in and to accommodate to their needs. So you're seeing that more and more at, at small places, but you'll also find it like up at some of our wineries in the, the Traverse region, um, Bryce Estate Winery and Vineyards. I know they don't necessarily allow dogs, you know, like literally on their patio or inside their tasting room, but you're welcome uh, to, to have them, you know, kind of the, the bocce ball area. Uh, on their elevated lawn, for instance, so you can be still on the grounds. So that's becoming more and more the case. Same thing with like Round Barn, uh, Round Barn Winery down in the uh, southwest area along the uh, Lake Michigan Shore Wine Trail. You're, you're finding uh, that, that they're just trying to find ways to uh, kind of come in the middle. Maybe you can't have the pet inside, but you can still have them on the grounds so somebody can be with them while the rest of the family is shopping or or doing whatever they're doing and even restaurants now are starting to make adjustments to allow pets inside i i love that well dave uh, i'm so glad you've been able to come on the show and share this with us it proves that travel and pets go together like peas and carrots and we mm-hmm. love that fact uh and we appreciate the time you've spent uh for anyone interested again what is the website they go to for the information we say, yeah we always say your trip begins at michigan.org and we literally mean you know do your advance work find out places you can go with your pet and else elsewise and Get out there and have a great time. Michigan.org. Well, that's what they'll do. Thank you. We've been speaking with Dave Lorenz from Travel Michigan. And uh, Rick will be back right after the break here on 1320 WILS. If you can't find what your pet needs on planet Earth, have you considered finding a new planet? Of all nearby curios, there is one world where pets reign supreme. A planet where bright blue aquariums stretch as far as the eye can see. Where fresh and saltwater fish of all colors dance before happy customers. A planet where tarantulas and toads dart just out of sight, peeking up from the undergrowth at smiling visitors. A planet where birds from half a world away sing day and night, calling out to curious shoppers. A planet where turtles plod along during daily treks to the watering hole. A planet with pet supplies aplenty, enough to care for any kind of pet in any home, with friendly employees to help you find just what you need. A planet made exclusively for your pets. Welcome to Planet Pruce. Don't just get a pet, get a Pruce pet. 
We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And Rick, in this segment, I wanted to talk with you about assuming that people are going on vacations. What animals is it okay for them to take with them, whether they're going camping or going to a hotel? Uh, What are the animal groups that they would be okay with taking with them and which ones might not be such a great companion to take with them on the road uh, based on the animals that you guys sell at Bruce Pets. So my thought when you bring that up is when you go with a dog on vacation, you, you think about going with your dog. You don't think about going with your cat as a general rule. I'm sure there are individuals that do travel with their cat. But as a general rule, um, there's probably a reason that the two are different. Mm-hmm. And also with your other pets. And, and honestly, it's a some game gain type situation. What's the value of it? What, what's the experience? Are you benefiting the experience for that pet? Or are you just in a position that you know, you're going to miss the pet and you don't want to miss it, right? right? Will the pet miss you enough that it's going to feel better if it comes along? And we all know how cats are. They're a bit in- independent. Um, they're not the uh, let's search out. Uh, or they're, they're not as courageous in their personality. They're more a bit secretive, a bit more, you know, uh, well, we know how cats are, right? right? They're different. Right. They're not the run around the side and let's wherever you go, we go. Right. They're very uh, focused Full. on the spatial arrangements around their environment to right. feel safe. Right. And they're not going to feel safe when they're always traveling in different positions unless that's been something that's been taught to them from very young age. And I would say that for the most part, that, that rings true with many of your animals that you would have other than your dog. Okay. Right. Um, so I guess if you do have an animal that kind of follows you around – and wants to be with you at all times, maybe that's the animal you might think to do that. Right. But as a general rule, you're going to be out doing things. And there's lots of things you can do with your pet when it's a dog. Right. But what are you going to do with your pet when it might be a lizard that has special environmental conditions that it needs to meet? What are you going to do with your guinea pig or your hamster? Or, you know, uh, I think if you have a mobile home, and you're doing things within the mobile home, and it's kind of like your family homestead on wheels, right. that's maybe a little different. Right. But as a general rule, as the traveler, as the one that's going to be going into hotel rooms, as the one that's going to be going into um, you know, bed and breakfasts and such, I think you're going to be more in position to those around you, and you're going to probably not provide an environment that feels safe and secure for the animal you keep. He probably needs to stay in the very environment that you have. So most of your efforts should be specifically focused on how do I keep my animal at my house, at my home, or in my in somebody else's home um, that would make it feel more secure and be safer for the animal. Right. Now, I'm aware of feeders like for fish that give off food in Mm -hmm. regular intervals for a period of time. Are there other products like that that are available for small animals or reptiles or birds or any of the other categories? Um, as a general rule, not, not, not too much in that respect. Um, it's, it's 
probably going to be better advised. There's some situations where maybe it's a bird and a food and water. You can have a larger dish and make it an every other day experience where somebody comes over maybe every other day just to know that uh, they're safe right. and appropriate right. and uh, you know check on the foods and the waters, clean up the foods and the waters, that type of thing. So um, as far as fish goes, uh, you did hit the nail on the head. There are some pretty automated pieces of equipment that you can put on there that directly feeds that animal. And I actually recommend they're so good at being precise that it's something that you can use when you're home. Right. Um, we have an automatic feeder for fish, and it has a button on top, and it can actually feed when you want to feed. So you could just press the button, and it'll feed. So when you come home from work, you can just press that button, and it'll feed. And it'll feed the exact same amount as, as it would have if it was on time. Right. But uh, while you're away, you know, it can feed whatever you need. Now, animals like snakes, right? a good clean water dish before you go, you can go quite a while, right? Because it needs to be fed every maybe two or four weeks, depending on the time of year and the circumstance. Um, so some animals are very um, amendable to leaving, right? right? That they don't need that. You don't, may not, as long as you have your heat working or your air conditioning working, you know, you can leave and be pretty confident when you come home, everything's going to be okay. So it sounds like temperature control and just clean environment, having water, those are yeah. the key ingredients before you leave. And then maybe someone just checking up on, on the animals yeah, during I, the duration. I would never discourage having somebody come in and check on the animals, no matter what the animal is. Um, and it's probably like, for instance, snakes, it might just be making sure the furnace is working or making sure the air conditioner is working. Right. Um, um, make sure there hasn't been any intruders, uh, you know, whatever you can think of that would be helpful in every maybe three or four day cadence that you're, that you're getting that person to come through. Um, there's other animals that, you know, require live food. Um, more regularly, right? Like some lizards, right? You know, you're not going to go two weeks um, without crickets for some lizards, like a, a gecko or something. Okay. And remember that that environment that they really feel sta spatially comfortable with is oftentimes maybe two foot by one foot. It's maybe you know less than that, or maybe a little bit bigger. And you might have friends or neighbors. Um, oftentimes, lizards are kept by you know, maybe a 12-year-old or 14-year-old or maybe an adult, by then we have friends. Mm -hmm. We have people that we connect with. We have uh, a community. And there's nothing that tells you you can't unplug those things, put it in your vehicle long enough to travel to that friend's house and ask them to care for it. Um, so you can get them a reasonable supply of crickets. You can get whatever you need, the veggies, whatever, and just give specific instructions. I will state this, though. Um, this is definitely true for fish tanks um, and possibly true for others, but I don't see as much of an application. If there's one mistake that's commonly made for having people come over and take care of the fish tank, if you don't have an automatic feeder, for instance, or mm -hmm. there's fish in there that won't comply to the automatic feeder. Right. There's some fish that might need specific frozen foods or something. Right. You need to be specific. Sometimes down, if it's pelted food, for instance, uh, 
you know, have X number of pellet, you know, the the uh, pill cases, you know, Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday right. uh, pill cases, right? you know, or small Dixie cup containers or sealable solo containers, having a daily applied amount that you're giving them. And the rules tend to apply the same for birds, you know small animals and such there's no sense either a throwing and wasting a lot of food and they and that might be the case or not giving enough food thinking that you're you know doing it right but you're not so be specific on how much these animals should be getting and try to get it down to so darn simple that if they aren't paying attention when you're telling them it's too easy not to make a mistake because life is in the balance in these situations and and that's the last regret you want. And then I guess the last thing to think about before you walk out the door, when people are leaving, they're so excited. They're just not thinking sometimes. You know, they're worried about the two kids getting in the car. What am I forgetting? The kids are, so, so <laughs> and, and too often what can happen is, you know, either A, by practice, they maybe think to turn down the heat Turn right. up, you know, uh, uh, change the thermostat. Right, change or, the Or you, don't think about, you know, keeping an environment appropriate for the animals they leave behind. Right. And so you need to make sure you do that. Right. Yeah, air temperature is so important for so many animals, and we don't realize how just a little bit of temperature change sure. can make a difference over a period sure. of time. And you're right. You're, you're wanting to conserve and save money while you're away. Who doesn't think to change the thermostat? But we can't forget the animals that we leave behind. That's, that's fantastic advice, Rick. And if anyone is interested in any of the products or other ideas, they can come to Proust Pets and uh, get those ideas from you. So, but for all of you, I'm sorry to say we are out of time on this week's show, but we will be back next week. So, on behalf of our producer, Grant LaFave and Rick Proust, my co host in the studio, and this is Lee Cohen, wishing all of you a great weekend and a great 4th of July. And we'll talk. Talk again next weekend on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. In the meantime, all of you, please, please take good care of your pets and be careful. Have a great week, everyone. You ain't nothing but a hound dog.